0: Hi, and welcome to the Radius Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're interested in finding out more information about Radius Church, please check us out on our website, RadiusChurch.tv. Well, hey, everybody. How y'all doing? I do say y'all from Mississippi, so just get used to it. I'm a little Southern, okay? Actually, I'm a lot Southern. It's just the way it rolls. But... I am glad to be here, um, we were talking earlier about sunshine or no sunshine, honestly the weather, whatever, I, you're going to think I'm just trying to fluff you up or something, but I really enjoy the people more than anything else, I love you guys, I love being here, this church has a special vibe and I love that I get to be a part of it, it is an honor, it is an honor, and I know if you're watching online right now you're, you're, and you fast forwarded over the introduction and all that, you're, you're, you're looking right now and you're thinking, when did Ken grow hair? Uh uh-huh he lost some muscle tone but he grew hair yeah um i love your pastor i'm so glad they get a break um they need more and i i mean that they uh i just got off actually when they came to south point they were filling in the the stage for me for i took six weeks off as a sabbatical um and and i do that every year and let me just tell you something every time your pastor gets a break he'll come back better He, he just he'll come back better and you need a better pastor because, and I don't mean he's bad. I mean you need a better. You always want him to get better and better and better, right? And so, send, send him away in love. You know, like Ken, go go away. You know, just take a vacation, come back, and and be be as awesome as you are. Now, um, over the last couple years, um, it's been crazy. Has anybody noticed? Um, I it mean, just it's it's like. 2020 came and we all everybody, whether you admit it or not, when it got to the end of 2020 we were all thinking it was like this this countrywide just oh a new year and then 21 looked exactly like 20 and it's like what is going on and there's been all of this stuff and so I've had a lot a lot of conversations over the last what year and a half now I guess we're into a little over a year and a half and There's been a common theme that I've heard from people, and there's actually been a common theme even in my conversations. I've noticed the things that I've been saying and the things that I've been feeling. And in all of us, there's this clamoring for community. We want and need community. And I don't care if you're from Mississippi, Washington, New York, California. I've met with pastors from all those different places. And there's just this thing in us where we want community. And I think, that's a, I think that's a God thing. I mean, when you think about it, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're in community, right? I mean, come on, we were created in His image. Come on, just nod at me. I know I'm right. And so we need this community, and it's in us. But here's the problem. And <laughs> it's interesting. Okay, so if you're going to get offended, this would be the point where you're going to get offended. So just I just start off with that, and then it gets easier. It's like downhill from there. So there's the door. Anyway, um, so it, it, here's what I've seen happening. There. Understand, we're all human, we're all trying to figure this thing out, but inside of us, we want community and we know it's right. And it's like, yes, I need that. And so, then what we do is we attempt to find community in different places. And here's how we do it whether it be in conversation or on social media or whatever, we'll put out certain things, and whoever is attracted and agrees to that thing, we consider that kind of our community, right? And it's just, and communities have been formed online and in person over. Um, You know, mask, no mask, and then we add to it before, oh, in the middle of that it was black lives matter or no blue lives matter or red lives matter or green lives matter. I don't know if there's a green life, but I'm sure there is somewhere. So there's all these lives, and now now it's the vaccinate or not vaccinate, and so when somebody agrees with however we stand in one of those camps, there's this connection, and we're kind of like, oh, my community. The problem is that's not community. That's a very anemic and and faltering relationship because get this, the minute you disagree with that new form of community, you out, girlfriend, yeah. sister, you gone, and and the minute somebody in your group disagrees with you or the group, they gone, bye Felicia, right? They no more, and and that that's not community because community says where I am, even when we disagree, we're together, we're, we have a community now. Finding that community, that's obviously what I'm talking about tonight, finding that community is this, it's, it's h- how we do it, where we do it, and why we do it is the key, listen to me, it is the key to surviving healthy-wise in every single season of life. Every single season, the good seasons, the bad seasons, if you have a proper community and you're rooted in a proper community, you can get through anything. And be healthy in the process. Okay, so there's this book in the Bible, okay? And it's in the Old Testament, and it's called Isaiah. Anybody ever heard of it? Isaiah? Four of us? Awesome. If you're online and you've heard of Isaiah, go ahead and type in. Yeah, bro. Thumbs up. So Isaiah is this book in the Old Testament. And here's the thing. The th- theologians... Smart people, not from Mississippi, but smart people say that Isaiah is called the Bible in the Bible, or the little Bible, okay? And so here, here's the reason it says that. they say that, because Isaiah has 66 chapters in it. Y'all ready to go to school for a second? Just, just real quick, y'all, y'all ready to learn something? Who wants to learn something? Go ahead and say, I will. I'll I learn something right now. Okay, Isaiah has 66 chapters in it, and the Bible has 66 books in it, okay? I know, but wait. There's more. And so in the Old Testament has how many books in the Old Testament? Any scholars in here? Anybody Anybody want to guess real quick? I'm, I'm going to continue talking, so if you're wrong, I won't hear you anyway. 39 books in the Old Testament. And there's if you take 66 books total, 39 in the Old Testament, that leaves how many in the New Testament? And right now some of you are thinking, I don't like coming here. They make me do math, and it hurts my head. 66 minus 39 is... 20, ah, somebody went to school, 27 books in the New Testament, okay? So get this, the Old Testament overall deals with the law and God dealing with man and rebellion, okay? That's, that's just pretty much just kind of summing up the Old Testament. The New Testament deals with Jesus Christ, grace, salvation, a whole new life. Okay, 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 so then you go back to Isaiah, okay, 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 the first 39 chapters in Isaiah all deal with the law and God dealing with man and the problems there and all of that. And then the last 27 chapters in Isaiah are all prophetic and they all deal with Jesus Christ and the messianic prophecies and end times and all of that. So in Isaiah you have a little Bible in a Bible. Isn't that cool? You want me to add something even more cool? Let me fry your noodle tonight. You ready? So, anybody ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls? They were, they were discovered in 1947. I know some of you are like, yeah, I was graduating college in 47. Okay, listen. Um, 1947, they discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls are the oldest manuscripts of Bible books ever found. They're over 2,000 years old. And, of course, with that age, there's a lot of, like, fragments, you know, and just pieces. Guess what? There's, and you can Google it if you don't believe me. There was only one full scroll of one full book from the old testament go ahead guess what that is it was isaiah how many know our god is stinking cool right even like he just proves everything he's like yeah bring science on yeah because it'll just prove that i'm right isn't that cool god he's awesome okay okay so i said all of that about isaiah for one sole purpose We're getting ready to read a verse in Isaiah chapter 61, and since it's in Isaiah chapter 61, that means what? It's dealing with New Testament stuff. It's dealing with Jesus Christ, and anything that Jesus Christ has already accomplished, we get to walk in because he's living in us. I thought I lost you for a minute. You're like, I don't know. Is he still talking to me? So Jesus did this stuff. So Isaiah 61, I'm getting ready to read it. It's already been done. It's already been done. This is not something that hasn't been done. This has already been done through Jesus Christ. Okay, so the screen, it'll be up there on the screen. It'll be in your notes, wherever. Isaiah 61, verses 2 through 3 says this. I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace. Isn't that just beautiful? Let that soak in for just a second. Man, Jesus said, I came to announce a new season of grace. Aren't you glad we get to live in a season of grace? Ooh. Goodness, I am sent to announce a new season. That only excited me, the rest of you, I don't know. I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace and a time of God's recompense on his enemies, to comfort all who are in sorrow, to strengthen those crushed by despair, who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful bouquet in the place of ashes, the oil of bliss instead of tears, and the mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness because of this, now let me pause and say this, because of all that, because you get beauty for ashes, because he gives you beauty for your sorry ash, you know what I'm saying? Because he gives you this stuff, because you've stepped in to exchange something in Jesus Christ, because of that, you get this, okay? You ready? Because of this, they will be known, you, me, Radius Church, they will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness planted by Yahweh as a living display of His glory. That's spectacular. And when you think of a mighty oak, I don't know if you guys have a lot of oaks around here. I know that you have a lot of like evergreen trees, thus. On the license plate, Evergreen State, I saw that. Yeah, Um, but in Mississippi where I am, we have lots of oak trees and so they're just, they're everywhere. And so there's something interesting about oak trees. As high as they go and as wide as their branches grow, the root system underneath it is just as deep and just as wide. If however far the widest branch comes out, that's how far underneath the fibrous root system goes. Isn't that amazing? So if you're going to have a mighty oak tree, guess what? you got to have mighty roots underneath it. And we have to pay attention to our roots and where we're rooted because we've been rooting ourselves in wrong places and it's just formed fake community instead of real community. And so we need to be rooted in the right place. Now, so healthy view of roots. You need to have a healthy view of roots. And so let me show you this Isaiah chapter 61 in the New Testament, okay? okay? Okay, thank you. Okay. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry a heavy burden. Let me pause for a second. You don't have to raise your hand, even sitting on your couch at home. You don't have to raise your hand, unless you want to look weird. Um, but how many of you are just weary? How many just got a tired soul? You know, you know what I mean? It's not like physically tired from a long day of work, because we all have those, right? You have a long day of work, you exert a lot of energy, you need a nap. I get it. But I'm talking about over the last few years, we're just tired. I mean, I'm just tired. Is anybody else just, it's like one more news report, one more anything. It's just like, I'm just, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. And the reason we're tired is because we're not connecting to Christ like we need to. And I'm going to show you this today. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you Rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now, I'm sure most of you know what a yoke is, okay? If you don't, let me explain it real quick. A yoke is this wooden thing that they made that they would put two animals together to work together. Guess what they always made yokes out of back then? Oh, Oh, it's so good! Oak, 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 oak. The oak yoke, and so it's this thing, this oak yoke, this thing is attaching us to Christ. And get this, they put two animals together because they can do more, right? Two can always do more than one. One, um, they used oxen. I'm going to switch to draft horses just because we're more familiar with horses. Did you know one draft horse can pull 8,000 pounds? 8,000 pounds. That's like as much as my mom weighs. 8,000 pounds. (laughs) All the moms go oh, okay, anyway, 8,000 pounds, and so if you yoke two horses together, guess how much they can pull then? Now, uh, back to math, but you're thinking to yourself, eight times two is 16, and that sounds like the right answer. However, it's wrong. Did you know two draft horses yoked together can pull three times as much? It's eight times three, so they can pull up to 24,000 pounds. What is that saying? Listen, when you're yoked to Jesus, you can do more than you ever dreamed. You can carry more than you ever thought, and you can accomplish more than you ever dreamed if you'll just be yoked to him in every situation. Now, of course, that's not even really what Jesus was talking about, okay? So he said, put my yoke on you. My yoke is easy. My yoke is light. They wouldn't have been surprised by that because Jesus was a rabbi, Didn't mean to blow your mind there. Jesus is a rabbi, and rabbis had this thing. They would say, if you buy into my teaching, if you're going to follow my individual teaching, that's called my yoke, the yoke of Christ, or the yoke of Shemel. That was another rabbi back in the day. Okay, So Jesus is saying, be yoked to me, follow my teaching. Like, for example, if you're part of the Southern Baptist Church. You're yoked to their teachings, right? I mean, you're just, you agree with their teachings. If you're a Methodist, then you are yoked to the Methodist teaching. In fact, the only, you know what the big difference between Methodists and Baptists are? Anybody? Anybody? Because a Methodist will say hi to you in the liquor store. Okay, so, <laughs> that's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. Um, but Jesus is saying, hey, be yoked to me. It's easy. And, light. and You need to understand, he's not doubling down on the Ten Commandments. He's not saying, hey, you have to follow all of these rules and all this. He just says, hey, the way I'm doing this thing through grace, it's easy. There's not a burden on you. It's not a struggle for you because Jesus is saying, I took care of all of it. And I'm going to keep taking care of all of it. And you're freaking out about stuff because you just have your attention in the wrong place. See, the kingdom way, the Jesus way, is so stinking easy. It almost makes us think it's not true because anything that easy, I have to be misunderstanding it. And we, people come into church and they try and make this thing more complicated than it really is. And, and we, so we say it's too easy to put our roots in the kingdom and to put our yoke to Christ and the oak yoke and all that. It's just you guys. So what we do is we root ourselves in different things and we root, things, root ourselves in different and form a community around things that culture says is important. And we, we most people will yoke themselves and root themselves in finances, friends, family, and their health. That pretty much covers a lot of it, doesn't it? They will root themselves in finances, friends, family, and health. <coughs> Not COVID. Just a cough. <laughs> Two people got up and left. Okay, so... <coughs> Finances, friends, family, and health. And now listen, if you put all of your roots in your finances and your wealth, can I tell you something? Money cometh, money goeth. Stock markets go up and down. You will win. You will lose. It is very unstable. Your friends, huh? If you put all of your roots in your friend group, you don't need to raise your hand, but how many ever been betrayed by a friend? What, what, what? Right? We, I mean, friends come and friends go. In fact, probably some of you need to go ahead and weed your friend garden time to time. If your friends aren't pouring life into you, if they're sucking the life out of you, it's time to weed that friend out of your life. You'll be healthier. But we put all of our roots in there. And so, so some of you say, yeah, but Craig, family. Family's where it's at. I put all of my love, all everything. Family is everything to me. And then Jesus comes along and says, unless you hate your mother and father, you have no part of the kingdom of God. It's in the Bible. And so you're thinking, did he really say that? He really did say that. However, Jesus was talking a little bit of a hyperbole here. What he's saying is, when you go back and read it in the context, what he's saying is, your love for Jesus, your love for the kingdom, needs to be so amazing and so all of your life that any other love you have for anything else pales in comparison that you have for the kingdom of God. So even family doesn't rank out Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. And then there's your health, right? Everybody, when you're young, remember being young, anybody? Man, remember, remember way back, for some of you it's a longer trip than others, but remember way back, like 17, 18 years old, how you were bulletproof. Anybody remember, oh, didn't it feel good? Like you'd get up from a chair and you wouldn't even make noise. You just stood up. It's amazing. Like you were 18, you would go, or 19, 20, you go to college and you pull an all-nighter, right? You don't study. You don't, like, just the night before you go, bro, I'm going to pull an all-nighter. I got a test in the morning. Or you're pulling an all-nighter, partying or whatever. I'm 51. I pull an all-nighter now and then, but it means something totally different. It, it means that I was able to sleep all night long and not have to get up once to go pee. That's, that's pulling an all-nighter now for me. Um, but we put, health comes and goes, does it not? And here's the deal, all of those things that I just listed that people put their roots in in the culture right now, your your friends, your family, your finances, your health, all of those things are good. There, there's nothing, ro- those are all fabulous, but you don't put your roots in them because those are not things to be rooted in, those are fruits from a healthy root that's been planted in the Lord. There's a big difference. When you root yourself in these things, things what happens is there's not enough nourishment to keep it going and so when a little storm comes you lose your mind and you freak out and the deal is the reason you lose your mind is because you have put your roots in a fruit rather than the roots in the kingdom of god that will last through everything every single season and every single thing that happens in your life every single time There's benefits in being rooted in the kingdom of God. There's benefits in being rooted in Jesus Christ. There's benefits in being rooted in Radius Church. There's there's benefits. Can I tell you some of these benefits? Even if you don't want me to, I'm going to. Um, You guys ever heard of Barner Research? Barner, Barner Research, every single year, like this was before COVID, they've been doing this for... I'm going to say a decade. It's been a while. Every single year, at the beginning of the year, they poll people on how they were last year. Does that make sense, right? So in January, they do this poll to discuss last year. And here's the question. It's just like a one, two-question poll. And it's simply this. Compared to last year, are you mentally healthier, stronger, or weaker than you were the year before? So in 2020... They did the same research, and they said, okay, so in 2021, it came out how you were in 2020. Does that make sense? Okay, so in 2021, they came out with the the answer to this poll, and they asked people. They said, compared your your life in 2020, how was that compared to 2019? Are you mentally stronger, or are you mentally weaker? Are you struggling mentally? Where are you? They, They do it for all different races. They do it for all different economical classes. They do it all over the country, all over the United States. And across the board, you should go Google this. You should look it up. It's fascinating. There's like this line on the graph, right? They graph it all. And every single person, didn't matter your race, where you live, how much money you make, every single person across the board said, I am mentally weaker and more sick this year than compared to last year. I've gotten worse, except for one group of people. And it's a sliver. It's about that wide. It's just one little bloop. And it got me excited, a little bloop, maybe go whoop, because it said this, that one little group of people who said, no, no, I'm healthier mentally this year than I was last year, and I'm going to keep getting better. These were evangelical Christians that attend church every Sunday. Not every other week, not once a month, not when they had nothing else to do. Every single week they realized, I am rooted in the kingdom of God. And there are benefits in being rooted in the kingdom of God. And I am proving it because I am one of the only people left in the country that's mentally stronger than I was last year. Yeah. Because there are benefits to being rooted in the house of the Lord. Yeah. There's benefits. You get mentally strong. This is in a book called um, Successful Aging. And it says this. Being able to feel safe with other people is probably the single most important aspect of mental health. Safe connections are fundamental to meaningful and satisfying lives. Wow. See, we know, even unsaved psychologists and neurologists who wrote this book, they know. You know what? We need community. We're wired for it, but you just got to make sure we're rooted in the right place and that it's real with meaningful people and meaningful connections. Look at this verse in Romans 15. Are you all still with me? Are you all still good? Okay, Romans 15, 13 says this. I pray that God, the source, so he's what our roots are in, right? He's our source of nourishment. He's our life. I pray that, the, that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow. Okay, this is the fruit, right? This is the stuff that we overflow. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can fill in the blank or write this down. The fruit is the revealer of the root every single time. Fruit reveals the root. And what we're seeing now is a lot of counterfeit fruit. And I'm talking about just I'm going to talk about my church for a second, okay? South Point Church. After COVID, during COVID, mid-COVID, now COVID, whatever. um, There's this, there's more, I think there's more counterfeit fruit growing in people's lives than there is genuine fruit. Let me look at this, let let me say it this way. There's, we all want fruit, right? I mean, everybody, like, whether you say it or not, whether you journal it or not, we want the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We want love. Who doesn't want love? We want joy. So I'm not sure so like, I don't know. <laughs> love, joy, we want peace, we want long suffering. we want these things because we know they're good for us but in, but instead of <laughs> instead of peace we, we we settle for just less drama. instead of joy, we just we just settle for happiness. we, we look for things to entertain us for a few minutes instead of realizing that there's joy. We, we're, we, be, we have become satisfied with counterfeit fruit rather than taking the time to put our roots deep down in the kingdom and grow genuine fruit of the Holy Spirit wow. in our lives. Amen. And we've got to get back to that. We've got to do that. And that, the only way we do that is keeping your eyes on the root, not the fruit. And that's hard. That's hard. There's a lady in our church. She's not in our church anymore because of this story. <laughs> when they, she started coming, great, great, I mean, honestly, great lady, great lady. Um, young lady, met, a, met her husband at church, you know, got married. And just w- one of those couples that they're on the volunteer team, you know, they're serving, and they're just fabulous. You know, they just, they just make you smile. They're, they're, they worship, they're involved in everything. And then after, they'd only been married not even a year yet, and he got, and they were young. He got diagnosed with a, a rare form of cancer, and he only lived another eight months. I mean, it was just, like, tragic. You know, I mean, there's, there's just nothing... There's nothing not tragic about that. That's just tragic. But here's what this lady did. It exposed the fruit in her life because what she had done is she had put roots into him and in that relationship because it made her happy rather than having her roots in the kingdom of God and allowing the fruit of healthy relationships to come out of that. Do do you see the difference? So when the storm blew, and that's a storm, by the way, that's horrible. Did God do that? Man, I'm not even getting into that. Just follow the story for a second. This happened to her, and it showed that her roots were in the wrong place because after that, she decided to start settling for happiness rather than joy. So she went to the next guy that made her happy. Super quick, like astonishingly quick. Got married even quicker. And then that didn't work out. I'm sure you can probably figure out a million reasons why. And then right after that, she's found another one and another one. And it's just gone from the next to the next to the next. And there's, I hope you hear this. I'm not throwing stones. There's such pain in her and hurt in her because she's satisfied with counterfeit fruit rather than taking the time and the patience that it takes to put your roots in the kingdom of God and trust him to grow the fruit in your life. If you do that, I'm telling you, you will make it through every storm in life, every good day, every bad day, because God is amazing. Roots provide, you can fill in the blank, take notes, write it down. Roots provide support and nourishment. Support and nourishment. Okay. Now, I am, one of my favorite things to do is be practical, okay? I am a practical preacher. So, um, I I think if your preaching doesn't work on Monday morning when you get up in the morning, then that wasn't very good preaching. Because I think Jesus fits every situation, every problem, every good day, every bad day. Jesus be cool, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, hopefully, you've been a little bit inspired somewhere in you in the last 15 minutes. Hopefully, you've been like, Yes, I need to be rooted in the kingdom of God. It will bring fruit to my life, it will be beautiful and wonderful. Yes, I'm inspired to be fruitful and multiply. Okay, I hope you're inspired. However, now can I tell you how? I mean, like, bro, this is practical, and and this is where the rubber meets the road. Okay, how to be rooted. And I'm, I'm, this, the reason I'm this practical in this part is because I've seen so much junk in the church, not this church. i have just junk in church, capital C. That we haven't taught people common sense and how to be rooted. And that's why you have people run from one church to the next church to the next Bible study to the next Bible study rather than being rooted and staying in the same place and growing. Um, it's true. It's true. Here's the first thing. You should really write this down because this is how you get rooted. Strong roots take time and patience. Time and patience. One of the most detrimental things I've seen in the church in years, capital C church in years, is this. Somebody that's been saved, walking with the Lord. If you don't know what saved means, it means you've made a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've accepted his free gift of salvation through grace. Amen, aren't you glad for grace? And, and so you've accepted him, so now he's changed your life. And somebody that got saved, and you've been walking with the Lord for, let's say, 25 years. And then somebody else gets saved, meets Jesus, and this older person in Jesus almost immediately thinks that this new person should be acting and automatically have all the same morals that they have. And that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. It took you 25 years to walk that road or 30 years to walk that road. You've got to have more grace and mercy for this dude who just stopped doing whatever he's doing. Yes, but pastor, I saw him smoking cigarettes yesterday. Well, praise God, because a month ago he was smoking crack. Yeah. Patience, time, And patience, don't be quick on yourself and don't be quick to somebody else. All right, here's the next one. You need to find your place. Find your place to be rooted. Find your place to be rooted. Psalm 92 says this, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age. Man, the older I get, the more I love this verse. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. Vital and green. You have to find a church to be planted in. You might say, Craig, dude, bruh. We're sitting in church on Saturday night. We're the most committed, dedicated people Why are you telling this to us? Um, Because I want you to understand that in two months, if you get really upset and mad, you don't just leave because you're planted. If Pastor Ken does something that you don't like, you're planted. See, one of the dilemmas is, I think we have... (laughs) Don't take this the wrong way. Well, you can take it the wrong way. I don't care. Um, I think we have too many church choices. So I'm in Mississippi. Just so you know this, Mississippi is number one in several areas. You might think I'm like ah Mississippi. They don't know anything. Mississippi is number one, the most obese state in the country. Come on, somebody. That's 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 a true fact. We battle West Virginia. We're back and forth with West Virginia right there. Um, But the other thing, Mississippi, is we have more churches per capita than any other state in the the United States. More churches per capita. There's one road in my town. I kid you not. It's called Get Well Road. And in between the two crossroads, you know, the two main roads, it's a mile. Okay? In that one-mile stretch, there are 18 churches. Bruh. Some of them, even their parking lots, touch. So get this. You can go to one church, parking car, go to one church, get offended. And just walk next door to the next one and never lose your parking place. What? (laughs) Now, I know you don't have that many churches here, but you know what we all have? We have millions of churches online. And you're watching this one right now online if you've made it this far, because here's what happens to most of us. We're constantly going from one to the other to the other to the other. There's a psychologist, and he calls it this. He says, choice paralysis is this. The more choices make us less likely to take action. And to be less satisfied with our eventual decision. Yeah, think about that for a second. The more choices you have, the harder it is to choose. And you never really fully commit because even when you partially commit, you're still thinking that you might not have made the best choice. Yeah. And you might say, well, that's not true, bruh. Earlier today or tonight when you go home and you sit down on your couch and pull out the remote control and click on Netflix or Hulu, or Amazon Prime or whatever your streaming thing is it will take you hours to pick a show <laughs> unless you're already binge watching something come on you, I know I right. I sat one time not, I'm not kidding I sat one time for an hour trying to choose a show to watch I wasted an hour looking and then after I chose a show I'm watching it and my mind is thinking maybe I should have clicked on that other one that other one might have been more interesting <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else? Just going to be honest? Yeah, yeah. Netflix was a lot easier when there's only like a thousand choices. And now I don't know how many. I, there might be a million. I mean, I honestly have no idea. There's just, it just there's a whole lot of choices, right? And with churches, it's the same thing. And so we're constantly wondering, even when we're sitting here on a Saturday night, one little thing goes wrong and we think, huh, I wonder if I'm in the right place. Is this the Lord speaking to me? The Lord already spoke, Isaiah 61, and the only way to be an oak of righteousness is to stay rooted and planted. In Psalm, he just said, be planted in the house of the Lord. Well, yeah, but down the street, or maybe I'll just watch online for now, or maybe be planted in the house of the Lord. Okay. That went over about like I thought it would. Okay, so when you're looking for a church, let me tell you how to church shop. How about that? Let me tell you how to church shop, and especially if you're watching online, because you need to church shop, and you need to be here. Um, so let me tell you how to church shop. I wish somebody would have told me this a long time ago. Here's characteristics of a healthy, godly church. First one, it's a place of generations. It's a place of generations. You need the craziness of kids and the wisdom of the elderly. You need, you need both ends. If kids are driving you crazy, run around church, great. You need them. Gener- it's got to be generational, not just one generation. Here's the second one. It needs to be a place to learn and grow. And to that, you're going to say, well, yeah, of course. Okay, no, 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 See, watch this. It needs to be a place to learn and grow. Anytime you grow, growing requires change. And anytime there's change, it always involves pain. And a lot of times we get to a painful place and we decide to find a new place because this place causes me pain. But the very idea that it's causing you pain shows that you need to change, and if you'll just change, then you'll grow. Do I need to say that again? Because I've seen it for years. I've grown up in the church. Listen, you can't out-church me. I've been in church literally from day five coming out my mama's womb front row like i have been in church my entire life and i've seen it just repeat itself over and over and over again the minute there's a little bit of pain the minute there's the one little problem well i'll just go why are you going anywhere well they made me mad bruh people are gonna make you mad all the time but if you're in true community you'll work through that because you can't even have community unless you have diversity and I'm not talking about the color of your skin. That's a part of it, but I'm talking about just overall diversity. There should be room for us to have a conversation and not throw stones. Okay, I'll move on. So grow. Got a place to lear- have a place to learn and grow. Grow requires change. Change requires pain. Don't run from the pain because the pain shows that you need to change, and change brings growth. Okay, that should be somebody's tattoo. That'd be good. A little lengthy, but anyway. Um, <laughs> You need to have a place to worship freely. Worship is so important. you got to worship. Um, a place for fruit, of fruitful hangover. Fruitful hangover. Um, and let me, say it, let me show it this way. We're all in here, okay, so we're all oaks of righteousness, right? So we've got a forest in here. And so this forest needs to grow. And we are growing. But it needs to grow in a way that over the walls of our church, our branches grow over and hang low to provide fruit for the people in our city. Because they need to taste and see that God is good. And I look at Radius and what's going on at Radius, bro. Y'all got the bus out there? You got the new thing going on over there? Man! That's awesome! That's a church not sitting here saying, it's all about me. You're saying the exact opposite. You're saying... It's all about me finding Jesus, and now I'm going to go help find more people to find Jesus, right? We're going to reach out and share the fruit that grows on our branches with the people in our city because it's not just about building a kingdom. It's about changing a city, and that makes all the difference in the world. You need to be a part of a church like that. So if you're here, yeah, I know this church, okay, inside and out. And so far, you're checking off everyone. Let me show you some, okay, so that's the characteristics of a church, and I really am almost done. That's the characteristics of a good church, and let me show you the, the theology that you need behind it, all right? I know, I've got three minutes left, and I'm going to make it. Three minutes, and he's like, he's just now getting to the theology? Oh my goodness, it's going to be really long. Nope, I think, again, we've made theology way too complicated. Let, let's, let's bring it down, let's put the cookies on the bottom shelf, what do you say? Here it is. Here's the first one. We need to believe that the Bible is inerrant. The Bible is the Word of God. It's what we bring our teaching from. It's what we bring our preaching from. Everything comes from the Word of God. Second one is you must be born again. And this is one of my favorites because being born again, it's impossible. Just look at the phrasing, and I think Jesus used that phrasing on purpose. You can't be born again. Right. I know it's a full adult crowd, but don't make me go all the way there to explain this, right? You, it's impossible. Come on, just nod at me if you know what I'm physiologically talking about. It is impossible to be born again. We don't all fit. You, you can't be born again. And that's the beautiful thing about salvation it's impossible. That's why it's a free gift of grace. Because if you could earn it, then that would negate grace altogether. You don't, you didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. It's just, you accepted a free gift and it's beautiful. It's called being born again. Oh, I love that. Here's the next one. Jesus is the only way to the Father. He's the only way. It's all about Jesus. Not Muhammad, not Confucius, not my mother-in-law. Nobody. It's all about Jesus. And then I think the fourth one is this. Believers can be spirit-filled and spirit-led. Now, that's, the that's a, in my opinion, that's the four. Why, why only four? Because I think there needs to be room for differences, because that's community, right? There needs to be some pillars that we stand behind and, and stand on, but we have to have diversity in conversation for true community. I had somebody come up to me in the lobby one time, and they started telling me all this stuff about water baptism, and their belief in water baptism, and And we do water baptism, but I was doing it in a way that they didn't think was appropriate. Um, And I was like, whatever. And I listened. And they said, well, what do you think about that? And I said, man, I respect your views. But what about this scripture and this scripture and this scripture? I said, man, I respect your views. Does the differing views on water baptism affect our salvation? No, I'm born again by grace. Come on, we need room. We don't throw stones first. We listen and have community, man, I tell you what, it'll change everything, so once you find, let me say this, and then we'll end, once you find a place to put your roots down, and in my humble opinion, I think you're sitting in one of the greatest churches in the Pacific Northwest right now, this place is awesome, so when you find a place to be rooted, watching online, if you haven't found a place to be rooted, you have found it, in my very um, opinionated, strong opinionated views, it's a good place, um, Don't leave because all of a sudden something got a little out of kilter. Because here's what happens if you keep going to different places, even online, watching different things, to to meet your preference, right? I prefer this, I prefer that. Then what you're chasing is your preference rather than his presence. And everything we should do should be about his presence. And why do we come to church? Why do we do all this? Why do we worship? Why are we preaching? Why are we listening? Why are we learning? Because if we can just stand in his presence, he'll fix everything like that. That's what his presence does. So don't chase your preference. Come on, let's be rooted. Let's grow some real fruit. And let's bask in his presence. Can I pray for you guys for a minute? Can I just take a minute and pray with you?